Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of the Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go. America's small business conversation is on the air. It's the Pat Miller Show. One hour exclusively for entrepreneurs to work on your business, not in it. It's time to solve problems, capture opportunities, and celebrate your wins. Powered by the Idea Collective small business community. This is the Pat Miller Show. Now your host, Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, side hustlers, small business owners, my people, how are you? Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, back with you for another episode of America's Small Business Conversation, and we got a good one today. I had a mind-blowing conversation I cannot wait to tell you about. Also, we've got three great guests this week. We're going to talk about how to make more money if you're currently selling your time for money. We're going to talk about how to sell more with the amount of time you have to sell. And we're going to talk a little bit about graphic design. Because if you're like me, you got to dabble around in Canva and you got to create thumbnails and you got to do stuff that I don't know what I'm doing. So we have a graphic designer that's going to give us some power tips so we can get better when we have to go in and slap together a thumbnail for YouTube or something. So a lot of great stuff on the show today, but let me catch you up on this conversation I had over the weekend. It's one of those observations that makes you go, oh, I wasn't thinking about that right. And it can be kind of humbling when you have a conversation like that. When you think that, yeah, I'm doing great, I got everything all figured out, and then you talk to someone and they say something like really smart, and it makes you think, oh, okay, I guess this whole solopreneur, small business owner thing is going to teach me something every day, isn't it? So let's set the stage. Is 23 a growth year for you? Like if you're sitting here now into the new year thinking, yeah, I'm going to double or triple my business. Well, I've got a sad reality for you. You're not going to excellent your way to more business. I mean, sure, you can be really good at what you do and get some referrals, but being good is what customers expect, right? That's table stakes. I gave you money, you do it well. Whatever it is that you do or whatever service you provide, people expect really great work. But I think a lot of us, me included, we kind of have this romantic ideology that I know I'll just get really good at my craft. And when I'm really good and clearly the best, everyone will come to me and my business will grow. Does that make sense? Have you had that thought process? And it manifests a little bit when you get really good at what you do, And then you see someone who is clearly not as good as you getting further and doing better and making more money. And you think to yourself, hey, how did they do that? I'm better than they are, right? Does this sound familiar? You've had this thought before, 
right? I know I've had this thought before. So if you're thinking about doubling or tripling your business, you're not going to excellent your way to that kind of growth. So how are you going to do it? This is the mind-blowing part, the conversation that made me put my fork down and sit back in my chair and go, whoa. So I met a friend of mine, his name's Arthur, and he is an experienced entrepreneur. I've only been doing my own small business for about four and a half years now. Arthur's been doing it over a decade. And he runs a tax firm. He helps people when they have tax problems get out of their tax problems. Brilliant guy. And you know you're talking to somebody smart when they say something really simple and it's super profound. So he looked at me in a very plain spoken way and he said, you know, here's my growth plan for this year. I realize that I'm not a tax firm. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, hold on, what's happening here? You are a tax firm. You help people get out of their tax problems. What do you mean you're not a tax firm? He said, no, 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 no. I'm not a tax firm. I'm a marketing company that does tax resolution. Now, let that sink in. Let that sink in like smoke in the room. I'm going to say it again. I'm a marketing company that does tax resolution. Now, what does that mean? He still loves doing tax resolution. Getting the customer the result they need, that's job one. But to grow, to really grow, to double or triple your revenue, think about what he just said. He said he needed to go to school and find new customers. He needed to up his marketing game to tell his story better in order to do more tax resolution. He is absolutely on fire to grow. And he's planning to really crush it in 2023. But how often do we get stuck in the mindset of better services, more in-depth more satisfied customers, great reviews online. If I'm just really great, they'll tell everyone. And then it doesn't go to where you want it to go. It really, really hit me when he said that. And I thought to myself, whoa, okay, what would happen if I spent more time telling people about what I'm doing than actually doing what I'm doing. Doesn't that sound weird? I'm going to make more and have more business by spending more time not doing what I do. Like my head hurts just having this conversation. But excellence is just table stakes. So think about what you're doing. Think about what your business is and how much of your time do you spend talking about what you do, introducing what you do to new people. And how much time do you spend talking about the quality of your services and super serving your customers? Are you a marketing firm for what you do? Or are you just going to spend all your time being a craftsman and wonder why you're not growing? You know, in line with this was another observation that I read on Twitter or someplace. It's not my observation, but it really made me think as well. 
it said that when you create content, you're like 20% of the way done. You create the content, but then the other 80% of creating the content is telling people about it. Like all of these reminders are washing over me. Be good at what you do, yes, but spend tons of time telling everyone about what you're doing. Today's show kind of fits in in that way. We're talking about time, we're talking about sales, and we're talking about how all of this stuff fits together. In our first segment called What's Working Right Now, we're going to talk to Rhonda. And Rhonda has a business that she helps women walk through the divorce process so they don't have to go it alone, right? And she helps people one-on-one. But she had this aha moment. Oh, I could make way more money if I had group programs and bring more than one person along for the journey. So we're going to talk to her about how groups might help you expand your revenue in 2023. But this idea of where do we spend our time is really going to come to life with our subject matter expert today, Susan Trumpler. In about 25 minutes or so, Susan will be on the air, and she's going to help us smooth out that sales roller coaster, you know, where January is at 130% and February is at 60%. And then March is at 205%. Then April's at 41%. You know that life, right? I know I know that life. She's going to introduce us to the proper balance of work, time, and effort that we should be spending on sales. How much time do you spend on sales? Hashtag not enough. Way not enough. So we'll talk to Susan in a little bit. I'm telling you, I'm not sure if I'll forget Arthur's comment ever. I'm a marketing company that does tax resolution. That is, that's instructive. You need to spend some time and figure out how you can apply that logic in your business. We're talking about time. We're talking about sales. We're talking about how we're going to grow in 2023. Thank you for joining us to work on your business, not in it. America's Small Business Conversation continues next. America's Small Business Conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Developing your business is a journey. So make sure and bring along a trusted sidekick. As your business grows, Sidekick Accounting will be there. Sidekick Accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, tax preparation, and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick. Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414-310-7689. That's 414-310-7689. You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit Sidekick-Accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey, so bring along a trusted Sidekick. Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. I love this part of the show because we have a very focused, purposeful conversation so you can tune in and learn something. And you never know when you come back to the show every week, because you are coming back every week, right? You're going to find one of these interviews that's just going to unlock opportunity. And you just never know when it's going to be right in front of you. 
Maybe it's right now. The segment is called What's Working Right Now, and we talk to smart people about new and interesting things they're doing in their business, so maybe you can learn something. Joining us today is Rhonda Nordyke from Women's Financial Wellness Center. Rhonda, thank you for coming on the Pat Miller Show. Tell everybody what you do, because it sounds really interesting. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So I help women navigate through the divorce process, particularly focusing on the financial aspect. Um, and so we're giving them the strategies and the tools to go really from being in a position of crisis to closure. Now, I haven't heard of a lot of businesses like that. So everyone understands you're not an attorney and you're not a CPA. This is like a new lane you've kind of created, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a certified divorce financial analyst, a fancy term for, you know, specialized in helping people navigate through the financial aspects of the divorce process. My business is unique in a sense that I'm not selling financial products. I'm specifically doing strategy and uh, helping women navigate through and show up so that they can be really smart. That's great. And it's really unique and it's specialized. I love that. So we're dying to know what's working right now. So what's working right now is a refreshed vision on where I'm headed. I've been in business for eight years. I um, was primarily doing one-on-one. -on -one. I did the employee thing. I know it works for some people. It was not working for this girl. So I figured that I need to find a way to scale without getting any more gray hair. Um, and so I, <laughs> or whatever. Um, and so I, um, decided that I wanted to figure out a way to scale one to many and I love speaking and I love teaching. And, um, so I decided to launch a group program that's going to be starting, um, next month. And I had the aha for me, Pat was really, um, I spent 15 years in higher education. I taught, you know, college students, they loved they loved the energy I brought. I loved their energy. Um, you know, I missed that space. And primarily I got out of it because my business was flourishing and I was implementing all the things I was telling my students to do and it was working in my business. And I had to step back. Um, and I was sad. They were sad. I was sad. Um, but I had three teenagers entering high school and I knew like I can't be gone, you know, two nights a week teaching when I need to be all the things. So uh, yeah, so we're launching a group program, and I'm really excited about it. Okay, let's talk just between us business owners, because there are your clients that you'll serve, and you'll help them. We know that, but this is just you and me talking on the radio, but it's just you and me talking here. Why group programming? Why is group programming good business compared to a bunch of one-on-one -on -one clients? A couple things. One is uh, I was getting burned out. Um you know, meeting women where they're at uh, in a really heavy spot um, was weighing on me. Um, that was one thing. The second thing was only so many hours in the day. I don't care if I'm working in three different time zones. I'm working in three different time zones, which really means I'm working more, right? Because you have more hours. Um, I was getting burned out. And I, and I was, Pat, I was losing the joy for something mm. that used to wake me up and, you know, I would jump out of bed in the morning to get to get going. And I was losing the joy, not the joy for helping people, but the joy for my business. And, and I knew that something had to change, um, which I think for most of us entrepreneurs, right, that's where we get to the point where we're like, uh, something's got to change or something's got to change. Um, well, and a warning sign that we'll all relate to is the money's not coming in yeah. or we're falling behind with who we owe money to. But sometimes we just power through those personal alarm bells of, hey, this is exhausting me, 
or, hey, this isn't fun anymore, or, wow, I don't like the hours that I'm keeping or the amount of time I'm spending with my kids. Sometimes we power through that mm -hmm. thinking, oh, that's how it's supposed to be. That means we're really successful. No, that means you've got to reevaluate yeah. and make a change. So let's be really clear about this. A group program is better for you, your time, and your money because you're spending one amount of time and taking in a bunch of people's money all at the same time. Is that really how it works? Yeah. I mean, essentially, I mean, I'm still going to do some private one-on-one -on -one stuff, but you know, it's like, yeah, being able to dial in the one-to-many is definitely the best way for me to scale if I don't want to have employees. Let's talk about that move from one-on-one -on -one to one-to-many. Was that something that just came to you naturally? Did you have to have a discovery moment where you thought, oh, that's how I could unlock group programming for what I do? Because I would imagine in your line of work, it's a very personal, high-touch thing. So how did you connect the dots between one-on-one -on -one service and group service? So there was a couple things. Like most of the things, right, we like to test, hopefully. And I usually kind of like to put things out there and see what the feedback is. So with my existing clients, I was offering a once a month, what I was calling um, confidential conversations. We would hop on Zoom. I would have a maximum of 10 women, first come, first serve, and I wouldn't record it. I'm like, listen, if you can come, we're just gonna have a private us girls conversation. And women were showing up and then they were starting to like give me feedback on how much they appreciated the community. And I would spend a small time teaching, but then we would spend the rest of the time just talking. Right. And I'm like, you know, this is something that um, I think has been missing on the one on one was that sense of community. When you realize there's people literally from all over the country that are coming together and like, oh, my gosh, I'm not alone. You know, so that was probably for me one thing. I think the other aha actually happened at, you know, the the retreat that you hosted, Pat, was I got feedback from a previous client that like, hey, the stuff that you taught me five years ago, I'm still, I'm still like, it's still resonating with me. And it was a good reminder for me that that is something that I truly do enjoy doing and that I have everything I need, the experience, the passion, um, the, you know, structure to kind of get back to that. Is it going to be difficult to put it out in the business that it's still available one-on-one, -on -one, but this new group programming is happening? Or has it come naturally as you started to talk about it to your potential clients? Yeah, great question. Um, so I'm still doing discovery calls, right? Um, and so as I'm doing those discovery calls, I'm just kind of teasing out with them like, okay, well, we have some options. You could do a group, no one-on-one. -on -one per se, right? You still get live, but mm -hmm. you have one plus a hybrid, which kind of came out of kind of the crafting of that or the private, what resonates with you? And some people are like, you know, I, I think I need the one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm like, I think you're right. You do. Um, and then there's some that say, you know what, I think the group program is going to be enough, or I need group plus a little bit more. So it's been a natural part of the conversation. And um, honestly, Pat, we've been going back to some of the people that didn't necessarily qualify for one on one months ago and just said, hey, we just want we thought that this might be a good fit for you to kind of reengage. So it's going to help also help us, you know, go back and look at the folks that maybe we weren't able to capture the first go around. It's a tremendous strategy for anyone that's a service provider to go from one-on-one -on -one to one-to-many. And I just know in my heart right now, someone saw the light of the opportunity because of this call. Rhonda Nordyke, Women's Financial Wellness Center, thank you so much for coming on The Pat Miller Show. Thank you. All right, think about it. Are you making enough money after hearing Rhonda's story and how she took something that sounds so personal and one-on-one, -on -one, like helping someone through a divorce 
that can become a group program. Maybe what you're doing could be a group program as well and explode your revenue. Speaking of revenue and exploding, let's talk about sales. Do we have to? Yeah, we have to because we got to make more money. On the way is subject matter expert Susan Trumpler. She's going to tell you how much time each week you should be spending on sales. Spoiler alert, it's way more than you're currently spending. We'll talk to Susan next on The Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Developing your business is a journey, so make sure and bring along a trusted sidekick. As your business grows, Sidekick Accounting will be there. Sidekick Accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, tax preparation, and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick, Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414-310-7689. That's 414 414- 310-7689. You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit sidekick-accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey, so bring along a trusted sidekick. Now, America's small business conversation continues on the Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation, where we want to help you grow your business. We want you to have a little bit more fun doing it. And sometimes those two things can come together when someone who's really fun and really smart teaches us something. So it's time to welcome to the show, Susan Trumpler from Unstoppable Women in Business. Tell us what you do, and then we'll talk about what you're going to teach us today. All right. So I am a sales coach and a business strategist. And I focus on three things with small business owners. The first is dun, 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 sales mindset. Oof. Mm. Oof. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned there's sometimes some imposter syndrome going on. There's sometimes these demons in your head that are talking to you. And I help women and small business owners learn how to tone down those voices and get their confidence when it comes to selling. So that's the first okay. thing. The second thing from a business strategy standpoint is you've got to have a really great plan. You've got to have a strategy on how you're going to grow your business, what that looks like. This is not sexy. It's not. We talk a lot about numbers. Mm. Like, well, I know. Like, you've got to monitor, like, what are you doing that's making a difference? What should you be doing more of? You know, kind of all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So that's the second part. The third part is my favorite, which is how do you actually talk about what you're doing? I can't tell you how many people um, that I work with just can't clearly articulate what value they bring to people and how they're able to work with someone to make a difference in their lives. And so we work on their messaging using the story brand um, framework from Donald Miller, and it's a beautiful thing to see people's story come to life in a narrative that they can use in everything sales conversations 
content, everything. Those are three big buckets that can help us get better. What are you teaching us today? So the reason I, I wanted to bring something to you all today is because here's what I notice happening with a lot of um, business owners. And I bet you've seen it in your life too, Pat. It is what I call the roller coaster of revenue. Up and down. You have a great month. You're killing it. And the next month, wah, wah, <laughs> nothing. And that is so devastating. It's devastating to the cash flow, to managing your business. It's devastating just to your morale. And so what I want to talk about today is how to even out the revenue so that you have a nice flow of cash coming into your business. And what causes that problem more than anything is that business owners are not spending their time in areas they should be spending it in. So in essence, once again, you come in, it's Monday morning, you, you've had some amazing thoughts uh, all weekend long as you've been imbibing or doing fun things and you're like, whoa, I just got this brilliant idea for my business. But behind that brilliant idea is task after task after right. task after task, right? So you keep having these brilliant ideas are kind of like popcorn. They just keep popping up and each kernel that pops attaches a ton of stuff to yeah. it. And so at some point you become almost overwhelmed and in essence, you can't move forward with anything because you just don't know what you should do first. But I don't think that most people would assign the roller coaster of their revenue to their task list and what they're doing. I think people would mostly say, well, this is just how this month was and this is how the next month just so happened to be. So you're saying it's where we spend our time. So what should we be spending our time on to help level out that roller coaster? And here's my nugget that's going to make all the difference in the world. Here it is. All right. So if you are a business owner whose revenue is under $500,000, okay, if you're that business owner, I'm going to give you some ratios of where you should be spending your time okay. by percentage of okay. time. All right. And I think you're going to be very surprised. So I work with a lot of coaches and it's kind of interesting because when they're starting out, they're like, oh, I want a lot of clients in there. I'm like, well, how many clients do you want? Well, I can have, I, I, I can coach, eight to, I can coach 20 clients a week. I'm like, really? Wow, that's a lot. And I said, well, let's, let's look at these ratios. Your client face, here you go, guys, write this down. Your client facing time should never be more than 40% of your overall working hours. So if you're a 40 hour a week coach or a 40 hour a week business owner, you're not gonna spend any more than 40% of those hours client facing. And I don't think anyone does their math that way. I don't think anyone oh, does that. When it's time I'm, to start our business, we start with how many hours there uh, would be in a week and here's how many people I could take on. And that starts skewing our expectation and it kind of throws everything out of whack. All right. so. 40% of yeah. our total weekly time on coaching, mm -hmm. so we got 60% left over. That's what right. are we doing with it? Well, I'm a sales and marketing coach. Ah. <laughs> You've got to be spending at least 30% of your time on sales and marketing. You guys, 30% of your time. Why? There's the roller coaster. If you start ignoring the promoting of your business, 
the scheduling of sales consultations, the, the scheduling of fulfilling proposals, having those conversations, you're not going to be generating revenue. What's the, what's the thing that's the hardest to do in your business? The hardest thing to do in our business? The hardest thing to do I'm in your selling. business. Selling. Selling, yeah. right? So what do you what what do you avoid? Selling. What do you Yes, buy? I avoid it like the plague. <laughs> yes. There you go. Hence the roller coaster, baby. All right, so to zoom out here for a minute, you're saying twenty percent of our time or thirty percent of our time on sales and marketing. But I think a lot of us could spend thirty percent of our time doing the marketing part, but we don't want anything to do with the sales part. So how do we get down to the brass tacks of picking up the phone, making the phone calls, following up on our leads? Because I would imagine that's where you make your money because you help people do the thing. So how do we actually make that happen? So once you, once you, you have the template, okay, so you think about your time as buckets that you're allocating, and you've got 40 to 50% client-facing, 30% or so on sales and marketing. The rest is operations. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to run your business. You need to do finances. You need to make your systems, all of the, the back-end stuff, right? Okay, now you know what your buckets are. Do the hard things first. Oh, come on. We don't want to <laughs> do the hard things first. I want to run out of time, <laughs> and then it's Friday at 5, and we're on the Friday yes. finish line. Come on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So it's called discipline, oh. Pat. <laughs> But seriously, you have to decide what your priorities are. Okay, so the task list right now would be to think about if we want to iron out the roller coaster, we want to spend 40% on client-facing, 30% operations, 30% sales and marketing, get out a calendar, make the list, do the priorities, and do the hard thing first. That's what you're saying. Do the hard things first. And here's the thing that's really cool about that. It's only hard in your brain. Once you actually start to do it, has anybody ever had this situation where you, Pat, you, you, you dread something. You're yeah. like, oh, I don't want to yeah. do that. And yet, as soon as you get into that task, you're like, this isn't that bad. Yeah. I'm actually having fun doing this. I could do this for a while longer. Yes. Right? It's all a mental thing. It's all, it's all in your mindset yeah. around what you're doing. And so what I would say is everybody, first thing in the day, you're at your best. You are at your best. Pump out a cup of coffee, get caffeinated, put some great music on that energizes you. And then in that calendar slot, there's got to be something. And this is the way I like to tell my clients is the closer a task is to driving your revenue line, the earlier it should be in your calendar. That's going to help people make some money. And that is something that we learned and yet I hate it. So that's wonderful. So <laughs> Susan Trumpler, Unstoppable Women in Business, thank you so much for coming on today. Pleasure. Thank you. Our small business celebration is coming up in a moment. But first, let's do our events calendar. Entrepreneurs are busier than ever. And when we're busy, we're more likely to hit the ground running without a plan and a purpose for the day. That's why you should check out the Tame Your Task List three-day jumpstart event hosted by Julie Miller Davis. This online event will give you the guidance, tools, and accountability to tackle that never-ending to-do list. Attending this event will change how you're going about your business every day. Join Julie to create and integrate new daily habits to tame your task list. Learn more and register now at patmillershow.com. I feel like celebrating. Let's do it. It's on the air next. America's small business conversation continues next on the Pat Miller Show.
now. America's small business conversation continues on the Pat Miller Show. I believe in the power of small business celebrations. When you stop and reflect on the good things happening in your business, more good things will happen and you won't get stuck. Because if you worry about the to-do list, all it's going to do is get longer. So we stop and we celebrate each week on the show. Joining us this week is Amy Pierquet from Waterfront Graphic Design. Amy, thanks for coming on the Pat Miller Show. What are we celebrating? Well, we're actually celebrating the fact that I was chosen um, in the top 10 of graphic design companies in the state of Wisconsin. Top 10 graphic design companies in the entire state? In the entire state. There are a lot in the uh, state of Wisconsin, I'm sure. Uh, top 10. Okay, congratulations. How does that feel? Uh, like, literally feel amazing. Um, no words. Speechless. How did you find out? Did you get a, a letter, an email, a phone call? What, what happened? I got an email. Yeah, and it was completely surprise. Um, it was one of these awards that they actually don't tell you until you get it. So I got this email one day and it said, uh, congratulations, you were picked to be in the top 10. Do you think it just came out of the clear blue sky? Or do you think a client recommended you or how, how do you think this came about? It, I found out that it's one of the things that someone um, nominates you. And then what they do is they go on social media, they like read reviews, they look at your website, they look at your posts, they do a, a kind of deep dive on your business and then they uh, choose so they stalk you is what happens. We had some stalking well, I was stalked. going on. I was stalked, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on being stalked, which I'm not sure if that sentence has ever been said in the English language. So <laughs> you're not just a graphic designer. You also build websites. So I know you're probably already thinking, wow, I get to use this now to go tell my story. So what are you going to do with this designation as a top 10 designer in the state to go influence potential new customers and tell people about Waterfront? I'm creating right now for next year for 2023, some new uh, marketing campaigns. So they're in the works right now because it's it's still new, right? Like it's only like a week or so old. So um, I'm going to be marketing that putting that in my marketing and in my social media on my website. So it's all in the works, but it's definitely going to be out there in, in the social media. It's not only recurring business you can get from satisfied customers. Sometimes they can put you up for awards and good things happen. So while we have you, high five, congratulations, and all of that stuff, let's get some good information from you. Because every time someone comes on the show, I want to learn something from them. And being a graphic designer, uh, you've probably observed that everyone is trying to be a graphic designer right now because we've all got social media accounts that we need to create thumbnails for and graphics for which means some quality bad time in canva and other graphic design websites where we try and make our own stuff so i want to learn from you if we have to make our own stuff what would you tell someone that's in charge of making graphics, but technically knows nothing about how to make graphics? Okay. So yeah, just like you said, a lot of people are creating their social media graphics, putting, putting it into Canva, creating it in Canva, and then putting it onto their social media platforms. So the first thing I would say is limit your type faces. Um, how many different fonts that you use in a graphic should be limited to two or three. 
right? Do not go over that. Do not use every font on the planet in one in graphic. In one graphic, it gets very confusing to the reader. Um, even if possible, try to keep it in the same font family. So if you're using like times, use times regular, times italic, times bold, um, and use that. And maybe use if you want one um, cursive font, whichever one you would like, a script font. Um, use that as it big in the graphic and make sure that that's the one that's like the attention grabber word, right? That you're using. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can limit it, then it's a really easier for the viewer to understand what they're reading. And it's easier. It's not when things are crazy on a page, people have a tendency to not look at it and they'll look away. So you don't want that crazy aspect happening in your graphic. And I know to you, this sounds like a really basic question, but to someone that knows nothing about graphic design like me, this seems pretty advanced. So please uh, humor me. Should your business have an official color and font and use it every time you make everything? Or is it just best practices to have that and use it sometimes? It's best to use it in everything. So if you have a specific color and font that you use for your business, make sure that you're using that. Now you can, like I said, if you want to, you know, say you're putting out something for the holidays and you want to use a scripty font on the social media post, of course, yes, you can, you know, break out of that, um, use it in order to match what you're talking about. Right. But like the, the underlying design should kind of almost be the same all the time. Right. So if you're using a, a border around every social media post, you know, continue with that, but feel free to, to variate from that when you're talking about like Christmas, you know, to be timely, to be talking about New Year's and stuff like that. Um, you want to make sure that you're using something fun, maybe Christmassy for Christmas, you know, really celebratory for New Year's. Yeah, you can definitely break away. Let's talk about fun, because when we go on LinkedIn, everyone has in a headshot. Oh, this is how I look professionally. But I've seen some folks doing like branding photo sessions and more candid kind of photo sessions and mixing that into their design. Is that cool or is that harming their reputation? What would you recommend? I think it's cool. I think the more because especially right now in, in business, the more authentic that you are, like people hire if they like, if they know you, if they like you, if they trust you, right? The more that you show who you are, the more likable you are, the more human Mm -hmm. you become. It brings a really human aspect into your marketing, right? Instead of the starchy, like, oh, who am I working with? So if you can put some really unique, like this is me, right? Like I have pictures, I have, I own a Mustang and I have pictures of myself like sitting in, standing right next to my Mustang. And I put that in my marketing, but people also know that I have that car. And so when they see it, oh, there's Amy and her Mustang again, right? Like it's just a way for people to get to know you. And then when they get to know you, they trust you, like you and hire you. Sites like Canva are getting so popular. You can recognize the templates that everyone's using the same template. Are templates a good thing, a bad thing? Should we use them? What do you think? Well, especially if you don't have any graphic design ability, they're really helpful, (laughs) right? Um, (laughs) I would just say, use the template, but make sure to put your branding colors in there. You know, 
customize the template so you're not looking like everyone else. Make sure you're putting your colors in there, put your logo in there, put your graphic in there so that it does look different from everyone else's. Okay, this is a free space now. You're a graphic designer shouting out to everyone trying to become a graphic designer when we have to be. Do you have any advice or something we all need to know that we haven't covered? One of the things that this is, again, probably a little bit more of an advanced thing that someone that's not a graphic designer wouldn't think of is alignment. What separates what you create in Canva from an, an amateur would be how do you align the stuff that you put on the page? Make sure that everything is just not just not randomly placed all over the place right? Have like, you know, a little ruler and like line everything up. That just takes your design to that next level. If every, if you want everything centered on the page, don't have something just a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right or, or this one centered, because then it just looks haphazard and it looks really unprofessional. So if you want everything on the page centered, make sure that everything on that page is centered and lined up. It looks so much more professional that way. I feel attacked, but I'm now more knowledgeable. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it's great advice. And thanks for taking a minute to teach while you came on the air to celebrate top 10 graphic designer in the state of Wisconsin, Amy Pierquet, Waterfront Graphic Design. Thank you for coming on the Pat Miller Show. Thank you, Pat. So what did we learn today? Well, we can make more with our available time if we offer one too many sales options. We also learned, speaking of sales, that we're not spending enough time going out and asking for business. And we learned how to do better graphic design, thanks to Amy Pierquet. What do you have to offer? Come on, you've heard the show now. I don't bite. Everyone needs to know what you know. When are you coming on the Pat Miller Show? It's free, and I cannot wait to talk to you. Everyone's dying to learn, so just register now. Visit patmillershow.com. Patmillershow.com. Register, and soon it will be you on the air. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. It was an honor to be with you. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Pat Miller Show. See patmillershow.com for more information on today's guests, events, and the Idea Collective small business community. A worldwide group working together to fight fear, inexperience, and isolation for small business owners everywhere. Join us next week for the Pat Miller Show. And remember, get clear, work hard, and never quit. Guests on the Pat Miller Show have agreed prior to appearing that they are receiving consultation and advice that they may or may not use at their own risk. No part of the show should replace accounting, tax, or legal advice.